Hey guys, Eric Lindine here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey. Hey, guys. You can hear me now. <laughs> can you hear me now? <laughs> I love that. Well, it's a beautiful day today. Um, my name is Pastor Ryan. I'm the youth pastor here at Mosaic. And yeah, good morning. Uh, it is good to be here. And yeah, just want to say thanks for coming. Uh, today, uh, we're, I'm really excited. Wasn't that uh, sermon bumper pretty cool? Um, really like uh, just touching to the soul. I think, you know, he was talking about hurry and how it's an enemy of our spiritual life. And I just think that's something to kind of consider. And I'm excited today. We're going to jump into God's word. Uh, so yeah, just let's jump in. Um, I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into the word. Let's bow our heads. Uh, Jesus, thank you for your presence that you are with us, God. I pray that you would speak to each of us individually, Lord, and highlight what you want us to learn. Uh, God, would we open our, open our hearts? Lord, may we not close our hearts and minds. I pray that our hearts would be open, just soil that is ready to receive the seed that is your word, and help us to enjoy uh, what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today, we're going to talk about Sabbath and the practice of the Sabbath. Right now we're in a series called Practicing the Way of Jesus, and the whole idea is to learn from the rhythms of the life of Jesus, and that's kind of, that our, the rhythm is the word we're using, because that's pretty fitting, right? It's, that's what the practices are. They find their way into our rhythm of life. And we're all trying to, we're pulling this from the life of Jesus, so we're not just taking it from you know, random places. These are, these are practices tried and true for, throughout the years from saints of all different places and walks of life coming together. And we're excited. And the Sabbath, uh, how many of you heard of the Sabbath? Raise your hand. Yeah, I think a lot of us, so some of us know. We have an idea of what it is. Uh, today I'm really excited to look at the origin. Uh, where is Sabbath from? What is it for? And, you know, how are we going to, you know, kind of see this practice implemented into our life? Uh, rest is something we all desire. It's also a lost art in our 21st century American world. With constant news updates and information thrown our way, it can be hard to take a breath. Just like in that video, right? Hurry, hurry, hurry. The city, information. There's so much being thrown at us. In our businesses, churches, and busy lives, there's always another commitment and another activity there's always something else calling for our attention, something that leaves us distracted. It takes no genius to realize that levels of anxiety are at an all-time high, all in the name of hustle. To run ourselves on empty and to collapse on the couch is seen as commendable. Impressive, sure. Sustainable, hardly. It might feel good for a time, but we reap what we sow, and the whole idea is that it does catch up to us. What goes up must come down. It's no mistake that we live in a burnout culture. There are books from all different walks of life. I see secular and books from the Christian world that are both written on burnout. You know, it's a common word. I've seen lots of things. I, just, I was at like the bookstore the other day and I just saw like there's books written on burnout from other people and then there's like Christian books. So it's a common thing in our culture. 
The soul is restless. Our soul, we desire more and more and more. We're never satisfied. One project leads to the next thing. We never feel like we're done. We're always running against the muck. There's always something else to do. We run and we keep running, and it's a natural tendency, and unfortunately, when unchecked, it will drive us into burnout. The word is trendy. The word burnout is trendy because of how common it really is. So the question stands, is there a practice from the life of Jesus that will help us step out of hurry to slow down and to cause our souls to rest and to actually stop, right? Because like, the tendency is to be really, really busy, and maybe you don't have a lot of busyness right now. And that's okay, but this is actually really good. Even if you're not busy, the Sabbath is for you, and it's for me, whatever stage of life we're in. So it's not just for the busy, but in in fact, I would say it's even more so important, right? And it's possible. It is possible. So today, we're going to jump into the life of Jesus. This is Mark chapter 1. If you want to turn there with me, you can open your Bible, uh, Mark chapter 1, and then we're going to start in verse 21. And yeah, so I just want to invite you to turn there with me. And so yeah, let's jump in. Verse 21. Uh, And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered in the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, this is Mark chapter 1, 23, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they were astonished among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching and a new authority? With a new authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee, and immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her, and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her. And she began to serve them that evening at sundown, They brought him to all who were sick and oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Holy cow, what a first week in the life of Jesus. He's just starting his ministry. And that's what Mark chapter 1 is. We're essentially, we're zoning in at the first week in the life of Jesus, and we're looking at what he did, where did he go, And really, he enters the Sabbath. He enters the synagogue on the Sabbath. And that's where we kind of are, we're we're taking the word Sabbath, and we're like, what is it? Where did it come from, right? Jesus, on the Sabbath, he went into the synagogue. And, you know, the Greek word for Sabbath, it, it really means a sacred day of rest and worship for the Jewish people. So the question is, where does it come from? Where do we get this, this Sabbath? Where does this idea, did it just show up in the New Testament? Is it just something man created, right? I don't know about you, but sometimes I like to know where things started. I like to know the origin point. And I think that's important for us, especially if we're going to be talking about the Sabbath today, right? We got to know where this comes from. So, and I, I think to answer that question, we're going to have to travel backwards to the beginning, the creation of the world. 
The Sabbath is not something that man initiated. It was something that God created. The Sabbath is not from us. We did not make it. We're not that genius. <laughs> but it is a really cool thing, and it's from the creation narrative. And that's in basically Genesis 2. And so if you want to turn there, I'm going to turn there, and I'm going to read. Um, I just think it might be important if you want to see it for yourself. Uh, that's Genesis 2. And then we're going to go verses 1 through 3, just a real small section. It says in uh, Genesis 2, 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So right off the bat, like Sabbath is not something that, that we started this is actually something that God did in the beginning of creation. He took a day, and this is the creator of the universe. Like, hello, like, he is obvious, he is the source of life, and he's the one who took a day off. And so that's our launch pad into this whole practice of Sabbath, right? That's the whole point. We're looking at the practices, and we're asking ourselves, okay, this is where it came from. And then eventually, God is gonna, it's gonna be in the Ten Commandments, and then it's gonna travel into the New Testament, um, so that's where the Sabbath came from. And I think if we're going to talk about it, we have to know that that is from God. He's the one who made it. And he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. And what does that mean? Well, the word holy means set apart. It means sacred. It means separate. It's unique, right? You ever seen something that's just really unique, like a car and on a highway just really stands out, right? A Maserati or something like that. It's, it's set apart. It just is different from all the other... Um, a Hyundai Elantra or a Ford Focus, right? And then you have a Maserati, and it's like, okay. <laughs> what, you know, this is different. This is different. This is unique. And that's really like when we're talking about sacred, that's what we're talking about, holy, right? That's the word holy. So God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy. And, that's, and the reason it was set apart is because God did not work. That's what made the day different, you know? The day was set, it was set apart but the reason it was, is it says right here in verse, um, in verse 3, So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, pause, because on it God rested from all he had done. The because is kind of the, that clause that leads us into that, that, that point, that it's different because he did not work. That's what makes the day unique. So that's kind of to help us understand. So three things from this, this little text here in Genesis 2 the Sabbath was the seventh day. We know that. It was set apart. It was made holy. And it was a day of rest. It was a day to slow down. So God did not work. And it symbolizes completeness. It, the creation was done. And then God moved on. It was, he completed what he had started. If indeed our purpose is to reflect him as image bearers, then it, it is in our best interest to reflect him in this, right? I think, what better reason to take a Sabbath in that God did it himself, right? Like, I mean, I just ground zero, right? If we're called to reflect him, and he is, he is like infinite, we're finite. And if the infinite takes a day off, how much more should the finite human beings take a day off, right? We are limited. I can't, I'm not all powerful. I don't have energy flowing from me all the time, right? I need to nap. I need to take a rest. I believe God really set the pattern. He set the, the pattern of the Sabbath in motion. So God took a day off. Case in point, we are limited. He's unlimited. But on the Sabbath, our strength is restored. 
So we're reflecting him, which is our true purpose, right? In the beginning of the world, that's our, our purpose is to reflect him as image bearers. And so in the Sabbath, we're, we're, we're taking on that image bearing idea that we're, we're, we're embodying what he did and we're reflecting who he is. So the Sabbath is from God and it's for us. That's kind of the big idea. And so we're looking at, you know, the creation. Um, we're looking at the creation story as the origin point. God took a day of, of, of rest. And I think some of us today might need to take a break. I think some of us are tired. Some of us are burnt out or we might feel on the verge of burnout. Um, and also this might be a word of caution or a word of, you know, it's not that you need to be afraid, but like this might be a good like, hey, let's a good wake up and like, hey, I, maybe I need to slow down a little bit, right? And that's all out of love because the Lord wants you to walk in fullness. I just really believe that like God wants to give us some rest today. I feel like maybe, yeah, we just gotta be attentive to that. So, as we seek to understand the Sabbath, we got to ask, what are we resting from? <laughs> what about this four-letter bittersweet word called work, <laughs> right? Work is a gift from God. In the beginning of creation, work was not a result of the curse. I think that's important, you know, because Sabbath, we're resting from work, and it can be easy to think like, you know, oh, work is bad. It's just this thing. No, it's actually really good, and I know some of us here really like to work, and that's amazing. I also, it's a part of our purpose, right? And that the reason you feel that that joy when you're working is because that's actually how God made you. That's how we're made as, as people. And so really when we rest, we're resting from something good. So don't get that idea today that work is bad. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is that when anything good unchecked is bad, right? We have to have a balance. We have to have a, we have to have a rhythm in our life to kind of slow down. So work is not a result of the fall, but it's actually a gift from God. The Lord took man and put him in the garden to work it and keep it. This is pre-fall. God gave Adam something to do in the garden. Here's my question. What is your garden? What are you cultivating, right? It doesn't have to be in the workplace. It can be anywhere. What are you, what's your garden? Ask yourself that, right? Where are you planting seeds? Where are you watering? It could be a number of things. So John Mark Comer, in his book, Garden City, he writes on the word for work. And actually, it's also translated as worship in the Hebrew Bible. So work and worship are not these distant things. So the whole idea is for us to kind of get in our minds, work, so when we're working, we're not actually not worshiping. Like, worship isn't just singing, although I, it really is. Like, it's, worship is really good when we're singing songs, but worship is actually also in our work, like how we, what we do. And so, you know, Kind of when I grew up in the church, I always kind of thought worship was like singing songs to the Lord, and for sure it is. But it's more than that. So when you go to work, you're actually worshiping. And so as you come into your Monday morning, just think about that. Like, okay, I get to worship God today, even though I'm doing what I love, whatever you do. So it is an opportunity to give God praise with how you work, right? How do you worship God in your work? You, you do it in excellence. You uh, bring the joy of God into everything you do, and you do it well and you enjoy it, right? It's actually good to enjoy what we do. Maybe you don't, that's okay, but I do believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I've been in jobs where I don't always enjoy them, but with the Lord, it's actually different. If we invite him into it, he can actually change our perspective, and it doesn't mean you're gonna do it long-term, right? I knew I wasn't gonna be in this job for long-term, but in the meantime, I was able to really like treat it as such, like God is here, he's with me, and then purpose comes, right? Purpose comes out of that place. 
So the Hebrew word for Sabbath is the word Shabbat. And you may have heard that word before. It means to stop and it means to cease or to lay to rest. It means to just stop, to just be done. That's what the word means. And also there's another word in the Hebrew Bible that has to do with rest, and it means to dwell or to settle. And in the garden, God's presence dwelt with his people, right? The presence of God rested. And eventually, the people of Israel would reject this rest. They would say no, and it wouldn't end well for them. So if you trace the story of the scriptures, they do reject the Sabbath. And, but essentially, if we're creating a working definition of what Sabbath is, it is a 24-hour day on which one stops to work. To, they, they stop from their work, and they rest and worship and delight in God. That's kind of the whole, the whole end game. It's kind of the end, the end all, be all. So Sabbath is from God, creation, but now Sabbath is actually a command in the, in the Ten Commandments. And of all the rhythms we're talking about, this is the one that makes it in the Ten Commandments. Isn't that interesting? It actually shows up in the Ten Commandments. And, you know, I think it's right along with all the other ones that maybe you've been taught growing up and you know it's in all the Ten Commandments. It's right there, right? And it's interesting. You know, the Lord says, he says to take a Sabbath day and make it holy. So in Exodus 20 is where I'm going to be looking at. And it says it right here. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, your son, you or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. And then look at this. Verse 11 says, For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth. He's calling back to what he did. He's saying, hey, I set the pattern for you. I gave you an example. Literally, right there. For in six days, this is kind of the reason. Hey, take a Sabbath. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and earth and all that is in them, and then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So what is, so the word holy is set apart, and this day is not meant to look like the rest. That's all that means. This day is supposed to be different. It's supposed to look in a way that is unlike your other six days, and maybe you have a two-day weekend, whatever it is. And I just feel like I need to say this too. It doesn't have to be the seventh day of the week. Your Sabbath, and I'm just going to, you know, there's freedom. It doesn't, you don't have to take it on the seventh day. I can't. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't Sabbath on, like, you know, Sundays because I'm working. But, like, for anyone else here, like, there's freedom in this to pick a day, right, or maybe a chunk of time, right? I've heard, I've studied up on this, and some of the teachers that have talked about it, they're like, hey, if you can only take two hours on a Saturday morning, do it. If you can take an hour, right? But the goal is to have a 24-hour day, if possible, and you bring, if you have a family, you bring them along with you, right? I know a lot of people who practice the Sabbath that do have families, so it is possible, right? This isn't like a solitude retreat, although those are really important, but this is a time where we slow down, where we stop. So that's kind of, so it shows up in the Ten Commandments, and it's supposed to look different. So God, hey, Let's, this is Exodus 20, right? There's different accounts of the Ten Commandments, but this is the one we're looking at today. And so whatever your view of Sabbath is, the commandment was for our good. And that's the whole kind of baseline for all the Ten Commandments, right? It's for you. It's for your good. It's not actually a killjoy, but it's for your joy. It's actually for your delight. Because the word Sabbath also means to delight. Isn't that interesting? Right? It doesn't mean just stop, but it actually means delight. So on the Sabbath, you can actually enjoy things, right? You can go on a good walk. Like, 
honestly, like Sabbath is a great day for you to just enjoy what brings, what leaves your heart full of the joy of the Lord. Maybe, or maybe it doesn't have to be super spiritual. It can be like a really good book. It can be a bike ride. Maybe you're going out to some, maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's something that really makes your heart just really be glad, right? It could be any one of those things. Ask yourself, what do you love to do? So that's kind of like the word. It's, it's to delight in God, right? It's not just to stop. I think that's really cool. When I learned about the Sabbath, I was like, holy cow, like this is actually for, this is to delight. Like I can actually have fun on this day. And that's the whole point because we work all the rest of the days and then we can get so caught in this like mundane routine. But actually as followers of Jesus, I believe God has called us to live with um, joy. We're called to live with the joy of the Lord. And how can we have joy? I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not, none of us are really that joyful when we're burnt out and tired. I mean, who's gonna be more joyful, a person who has a day off or a person who doesn't, right? If I were to, and maybe the person who doesn't have a day off, they're still happy and stuff, but over time, who's gonna be more rested? And when you're more rested, you're able to give to what God has actually called you to do, so it actually benefits you, it actually benefits your work. So it does help you in that regard. It's for our good. So a lot of times we can ask the question, do I have to Sabbath? Is this something I have to do? And I think a better question would be, why not? Why wouldn't you Sabbath? Why not, right? The, the do I have to is doing just enough to get by, right? And I think maybe we could frame that question. That's okay. It's an okay question, right? Is this something I need to do? And I'd say you don't have to, but I would really suggest that we would as a community. I would really encourage us that this is something from God. This is for your good if we're going to look into this. A tendency for us humans is we can have a tendency to worship our work, but work is actually meant to be a vehicle of worship to God. So we can't put work on, on the pedestal. And we might not say, I don't worship work. No, no, that's not me. Okay, well, if we're always having to do something, if we can never say no, to getting something done. And I know, I know, it's, it, we want to produce, we want to be productive, right? But this is honestly just a step of obedience, right? To say yes to God and something, and to slow down. So it's for our good, guys. This is for our good. This is for our human flourishing. And then another thing, too, it's all unto him. The whole aim is to know him. In the Sabbath, we take a day of rest and worship. It's to slow down. And regardless of your opinion on the Sabbath, I believe it's a forgotten practice. And I think some of us are really tired. We haven't taken a break. Some of our sails have fallen down. And like a sailboat needs wind to move forward, I believe God wants to give a fresh breath of wind into our sails today. Some of us maybe who are tired, maybe you're on the fence, maybe you're fine. And that's great. But I do believe that through this practice of Sabbath, God actually wants to give us wind in our sails. He wants to give you a fresh breath of air. Like, that's really good, right? It's a gift. The Sabbath is a gift. I would, I, would, I would view it that way. Now, there's a lot that we could get into what the Sabbath looks like, right? I'm kind of speaking in broad terms, but we're setting the table to understand what the Sabbath really is so then we can move forward to understand how, how do we do this? So the Israelites rejected the, the command of Sabbath and it didn't turn out good for them. And this is true practically. If you don't take a day of rest, it's gonna catch up to you eventually, it's self-explanatory. I don't even need to really tell you that if you work out constantly all the time, eventually you would burn out. Your muscles would get really, really sore and you wouldn't be doing any more good at that point. The whole goal is to build muscle to become stronger, but if you never let your muscles rest, they're never gonna become stronger, right? 
But for the sake of the analogy, the whole idea is that we do burn out eventually. And I, I've been close to that point. I've almost burned out. But then I, God kind of had to lead me on a journey of taking a day of rest. So this, is, this hits home for me too. But an interesting point that Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote a book on the Sabbath and he writes on how it is not a means by which we regain our spent strength so as to regain it for forthcoming labor. It's not just so you have strength to get to Monday. It's a, just a day of rest. It's a day of worship, right? So we don't want to get the motive wrong. I'm going to rest just so I can, like, you know, be better on Monday. That's a fine reason, but I don't think that's, that's not the goal. It's not just so you can be better. Just a, just a little thought, right? It, it is a benefit, but it's not the motive. So he writes this book on the Sabbath. It wasn't for the purpose of just getting better, but it was the climax of the week. It was the, the, a day where we can really just come into God's presence. And then he, wrote, he writes this, quote, the, the Sabbath is not for the, the sake of weekdays, but the weekdays are for the sake of the Sabbath. It is not an interlude, but the climax of living, right? It's not for the sake of labor, but it's for the sake of life. It's for the sake of living in God's world. And that's a huge shift. It's not about work. It's about resting and enjoying the Lord. Work is great, but it's not, that's not the point. So we rest, we don't rest for work, we rest from work. That's the whole takeaway, right? We rest from work, we don't rest for work. Unfortunately, the burnout story had reared its ugly head in my life. Back in uh, college when I was writing my senior project, I just was really burned out. I just remember uh, walking outside the Maple Grove Library and I was just like, Man, I was wrestling. I couldn't figure this out, and I had like a little deadline to go, and I just didn't know what to do. Then eventually, I was just kind of, at that point, I was kind of desperate. I was like, I have time to write this, but I just didn't, nothing was coming to me. I couldn't get the words out right. I don't know if you've ever had to write something, and you just can't get it, or maybe you're just hitting a rut. But for me, I didn't know what to do. And so eventually, I was writing and stuff. It wasn't coming to me. I started walking around the pond, and I started crying out to God. I'm like, God, I have no idea what to do. I am stuck. This needs to get done. I needed to make progress at that point because if I didn't, I was actually not going to be able to like do the project, right? I had a couple weeks and it was a 30-page paper and it was a lot and you can't just, this is not an assignment that you can just biff it. You can't just say whatever you want. This is something you got to think about it and then you got to write it, right? And so, um, but it's really cool because the Lord came through. So I was walking around the pond and my friend just texted me out of the blue. And they were just like, hey, God, I just was on my heart to reach out to you. And so I said, oh, my gosh. And I knew instantly, like, this is, like, something good. And so I said, yeah, I'm actually kind of struggling right now. I texted them back. And then we called. We talked on the phone. And then eventually I was encouraged to take a day off. Literally, my friend was like, you need to take a day off. <laughs> you need to stop. This is, like, Saturday. This is on a Saturday, right? I just had a week of classes. And they're like, you need to just rest and really, that was counterintuitive to my mind because I'm thinking, like, I need to keep working on this. I need to get this done. I need to control. But here's the thing. I, my friend and I were talking, and then they were like, hey, you need to, like, take a day off, 24 hours. Don't touch your project. And then eventually, I did that. I took, the, I took them up on their offer, and I stopped. I didn't do anything, and it was actually really good because I couldn't come up with anything anyways. <laughs> I wasn't going to write anything at that point. Like, I was really tired. But eventually, I took the day, I took a break, and it turned out to be the answer that I needed. The end goal, to summarize everything that happened, the project got done. I was able to complete it. 
and it ended up being good. I got a good grade on it, but like if I had to, I took a day off, I rested. And that's the whole point. We have to, that's, I believe God didn't say, Ryan, keep writing. I'm gonna give you the words to say. He, he encouraged me through a friend, take a day, take a day. And here at Mosaic, we have this idea that everybody needs somebody. And one of the reasons that I've, I saw that play out in my life, we need friends. And if I wouldn't have talked to my friend, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have like gotten that, that encouragement because I was stuck. And so sometimes we need someone. We need a person to kind of encourage us. We need to talk it through, right? That's one of the means of grace that God actually wants to sometimes rescue us out of the pit, right? Maybe you're not in a pit. That's okay. But this is just a good idea. Like, if you are stuck, like, you can reach out. We got to go to God, yes. But also, like, it was God used a friend, and that was awesome. So I took them up on their advice, and basically, like, when we hear the word worship, you know, we think of singing and, it, you know, in, in the Psalms, right? That's a big part of it. Um, but the Sabbath is meant to be a delight to both the body and the soul. It's a day to delight in God's goodness. The Sabbath is for our enjoyment. It increases your quality of life. The litmus test for the Sabbath is this. Is it work like your 40-hour-a-week vocational job? Does it bring you joy, right? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Is this work? Am I putting too many burdens on the Sabbath? Am I bringing too much heavy weights on my shoulders? And that's oftentimes how I evaluate. If I'm gonna take a day off, which each week I have a day I try and rest, I usually don't try and do a whole lot on that day. I have things I do, and this is the reality of our world. We all have things to do. We, nobody can really just sit around for a day. We gotta get stuff done. I get that. But that doesn't mean you can't take a day off still from things and to kind of readjust your schedule. And this is gonna look different for everybody in the room because we all have different personalities. This is something to keep in mind. You know, um, so that, that's, that's an encouragement, right? There's, there's kind of room to figure out how does this work for you? So, so far we've looked at where Sabbath is from and the word can mean delight. Uh, this might mean eating and drinking with others, right? Sharing a meal around the table. In the New Testament, the disciples would do that a lot. They would eat and drink together. And that was a really big time of connection. And I found that on the Sabbath, I really like to have a meal with people like whether it's my family or whether it's like a friend, I love to get food with people. It's a great way to just kind of, I don't know, have you ever just had fellowship with people around a table and it's just amazing? You just feel so much joy and you leave refreshed. That's a great idea. You know, if you're asking yourself, what do I actually do? It might mean going for a walk, getting ice cream with your family, going to the beach, getting coffee with a close friend, reading a book. The point is, it's for delight. And, and all these things, we worship God. So, you know, we have to get out of this, like, sacred secular thing. Like, we can actually worship God in all of life, right? We want to invite him into everything. It's not just here. It's not just here. So, that, we kind of understand worship a little bit. But Sabbath is not the same thing as a day off. And this is kind of interesting. John Mark Comer writes in this, in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a really good book. If you haven't read it, I really recommend. Um, he kind of writes on how the Sabbath isn't the same thing as a day off. It's not just, like, just resting. The natural tendency for us is to use our day off for more work that we don't get paid for. He continues on, and, and how the Sabbath was not made for work. It was made for rest and worship. So it's one, of the only ten, it's one of the only spiritual disciplines that makes it on the Ten Commandment list. Interesting, right? Just a thought, just food for thought if we're ever considering this. Um, that's not to get, that's not to burden us, that's not to make you feel bad, Okay? That's not the point. This is an invitation to rest. This is an invitation to come into the delight of the Lord. 
Um, that's really important for us to understand. And so a successful Sabbath is one that I believe, this is what I think, I believe it's intentionally planned ahead of time. I believe you pick a day, you pick a time window, and you keep it, right? And if you're new to the Sabbath, this is John Mark Homer writes again. I'm going to quote him again because he really does extensive research on this. If you are new to the Sabbath, a question to give shape to your practice is this. What could I do for a 24-hour day that would fill my soul with a deep, throbbing joy that would make me spontaneously combust with wonder, awe, gratitude, and praise? Isn't that crazy? Just like the wording of that, just like what would leave your soul with joy? And maybe it's hard right now. Maybe you're busy. I get that. But this is just an idea, right? What can you do with those in your life to bring your soul into joy, into to resting? So I think another thing, too, if we're going to be the people God has called us to be, we got to take this seriously. Like, I'm not a joyful person. I'm usually not the most loving if I'm really tired. That's just, the two don't go together. And so I think it's really in the grain of our souls to, to rest. We need that in order to be the people God has called us to be. So Sabbath is a spiritual discipline. And how many of you heard of the spiritual disciplines? How many of you heard that phrase before? Yeah, I know the word discipline, we can also say practice, but we can also say rhythm, and that's what we're using today. And basically, like, these are the practices from the life of Jesus. They're from his way, and then it's, it's, they are a means by which we access power that we didn't have before. It's really, like, easy when we read the Gospels to get caught up in all these other things, but Jesus left a pattern for us to follow. So the disciplines are in the rhythm of Jesus, and they're a means to an end, which is knowing God, right? I think it's important for us. It's not about a checklist. It's not to feel better about yourself. It's not to, you know, and I get that. It's hard. We've all done that. I've done that before too, but the point is to know him. The point is to come into closeness with him. The, the point is to become aware of his presence. That's the whole idea in the Sabbath. We want to come in awareness of his presence. That's, for me, that just changes the game, <laughs> This just changes everything. When I'm able to, the reason I'm in here is to get closer to him, right? It's not to just gain knowledge. Knowledge is a means in which we enter into relationship. We grow deeper, and it takes time. But a discipline is a built-in rhythm that calls us deeper into relationship with God. So when we're in the word, we're becoming rooted and planted. Our, our roots are going down, and this takes time. But eventually the word gets in your heart and then it bears fruit. This is John 15. This is like 101, like intimacy with Jesus leads to bearing fruit. And it's not, you know, it's good fruit comes from abiding, right? Resting. This abiding isn't striving. Abiding is resting in God and communing with him. So a discipline isn't always something we enjoy, but when we do embrace it, it leads us to life abundantly and they're not a means to an end, but a gateway to experiencing the presence and power of God in our lives. They open the door to something beyond us, power that flows from another source, namely the Holy Spirit. So that's what the disciplines do. They open the door to the divine in your life and heart and lead you out into the world to be the person that God's called you to be. That's what they do. That's just being with Jesus. And maybe pick the words you want, rhythm, discipline, practice, either one works. So John 15, right, we're bearing fruit. This is all unto God. This is, it's worship unto him. And it's also delight for your soul. 
David writes, you know, there's pleasures forevermore in your presence, right? Psalm 16, this is, a, this is a really good idea to know that in his presence there's fullness of joy. And something I kind of want to touch on is like, when we're practicing the Sabbath, like, we're slowing down. And really, when we're slowing down, we're, we're beginning to realize what's around us, right? How have you ever just been so busy you never realized the beauty of creation, for example, right? You're just so busy, all this stuff, right? And I get that. I do that too. You're not alone. But when we do slow down, we give ourselves an opportunity to recognize what's around us. We give ourselves an, an opportunity to enter into God's presence. And so that's kind of the, the ent- an entrance point. Um, and I just believe God might want to give us like more rest in our days. He wants to refresh us so that by the end of the day, we're not tapped out and we have nothing to give to our families and our, our people and our lives, he actually wants to refresh us. And so my encouragement is find that time where you can reset. You know, Psalm 100 says we enter his presence through thanksgiving and praise. And so that's kind of the entrance point for us. So here's a few practical things. I just want to equip you guys, like how are you going to do this, right? I just want to give you some suggestions. Uh, set a day and a time. Like most things in our lives, we need to like put it on our schedule. That's just a real practical thing. You know, it might, whatever it looks like for you, and then ask yourself, number two, what brings you joy? Number three, what's life-giving? Number four, connect with God in some way. Could be for five minutes, could be for longer. Whatever you have margin for in your schedule. It doesn't have to be, li- it doesn't have to be big, but here's the thing I always think about with the disciplines. The little ends up becoming more. So like if I read a little bit of the word, maybe it's a verse, it can lead to more and more and more, Right? It's just an encouragement, right, if we're really wanting to enter in. And then number, th- number five is, like, to have a routine. You know, have a rhythm, like, maybe it's make a family meal, read a passage of scripture, just go around the table and say, what was good about your week, right? You know, be grateful. That's another idea you could do. You know, and it, sometimes for a married couple, this might mean, like, one person watches the kids and the other one goes out and does something encouraging and helpful for their soul, and then you flip-flop, Right? You, you take turns, if that's possible. I'm not saying for everyone, but that's how I've heard when I've been doing research on this. That's how people do it in a family context. Because you can, and the whole goal too is with your kids, you're bringing them along and you're saying, hey, this is the way of Jesus. Like, let's do this together. So that's kind of our, our launch pad. And I think if I'm gonna say anything about rest, it's from the Lord. It comes from him. God says, you know, Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light and you will find rest for your souls. And so he says, take my yoke. I believe that God wants us to take his yoke today into our lives, into everything. So to truly experience the rest that comes from the Sabbath, we must have relationship with the one who created it, right? He's the one who made it, so knowing him is gonna allow us to enter in. So it's the purpose, right? To worship, to rest, to know him. And on the Sabbath, the get done has to get out. <laughs> That's how I go about it. That's what I think. You know, a to-do list is really not a way to practice for me. I can't, I can't take a day off and just, I usually like my one day off is to get all the stuff done that I need to, whatever you gotta do. And then I try and the other day, I try and open up a window for fun. Maybe it's three hours, maybe it's two, maybe it's one, right? So you're gonna have things to do, I get that. But the whole idea is that the get done, right, the to-do list, if you can put it on another part of your week, that's an idea, right? And it could be a small shift, right? Little things can, can lead to bigger things. 
So it's not about productivity. It's about recovering your humanity. It's about recovering your soul that gets lost in the chaos of everything you're doing. So my number one goal on the Sabbath is not to have any goals at all. I might have one or two ideas of things I want to do, but otherwise I have to discern in my heart, is this going to lead me to rest or to stress? Sometimes we just got to get it done. Like, I get it. This, you're going to have something you got to get done, but we, we have to enter in with intentionality. And the whole goal is that busyness distracts us from his presence, right? That's the whole thing. Like, the busyness distracts us from the presence of God. So it keeps us from him, from knowing him. And I think today, just kind of as a recap, I'm going to go through my main points. If you want to write anything down, this is a chance, or just to let it sink in again. Uh, but the Sabbath was something that man didn't initiate, but God created. And the Hebrew word Shabbat means to stop, to cease, to lay to rest. And then number three, we don't rest for work, we rest from work. And then number four is this, a discipline is a built-in rhythm, rhythm, right, that calls us deeper into relationship with God. And on the Sabbath, the get done has to get out, right? I mean, just the, the reality, and you can start it around your table, give thanks, whatever it looks like for you. But I just do believe that the Lord wants to lead us to deeper rest. He wants to lead us to a place of joy. Um, but like anything, this is an invitation. So, you know, I, I'd really encourage you like, to consider this. How, what does this look like for me? What does this look like for my family? Because I believe the Lord wants to lead us deeper into that. My last thing is this. There's a story in the Gospels where Mary and Martha are around Jesus and Jesus is in the house and then I believe it's uh, Martha who's anxious and then there's Mary who's sitting at the feet of Jesus and you know it's not that she wasn't doing anything bad right she was she was serving but I believe that God actually wants to lead us back to the one thing mindset one thing matters to sit at his feet to listen to his teaching that's not to weigh us down that's actually to invite us like yeah Let's just set aside all that stuff. Let's not, and this is totally like I can relate to this, like being anxious about the different things in our lives. Lay it down to listen to him because actually when I come into connection with him, I can then invest in everything else with fullness, right? So yeah, God is calling us into life abundantly. Um, so yeah, thanks for like leaning into this practice on the Sabbath. I just really hope that God encourages you and leads you into deeper rest for your soul. This is for your good, um, yeah, so let's, let's just bow our heads and let's just go to the Lord and kind of finish up here. Thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our community. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with us. I pray that, that today your word would sink into our hearts and that you would lead us into deeper intimacy with you. And I just pray that we would just maybe take you up on what you're offering us, God, to actually say yes and Lord, but I pray that it wouldn't be a striving, that it wouldn't be for the wrong motives, God. And thank you that you love us where we're at today. Like wherever any of us are at in the room today, I just, yeah, I just believe like the Lord, he loves us where we're at. And so Jesus, I pray that you would just lead us closer to you and allow us to enter into your presence with thanksgiving now as we're worshiping God. Thank you that we worship you from a place of thanksgiving that that's the entrance point into your presence, Lord. Psalm 100, enter his gates of thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Let's go out of here singing and I'd like to invite the offering forward. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. 
I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic Tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.